The blast from our past network. Codrite! Codrite! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! No good for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back to back. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And this episode, we have got season three, episode six coming at you. It's going to be called The Parking Garage, and it aired on October 30th, 1990. Uno, uh, my man Corey, could you give us the synopsis of that episode? Yes, sir. The Parking Garage. After shopping for an air conditioner... Jerry and the gang are unable to locate Kramer's car in a mall parking lot. And that's pretty much it. (laughs) That is very simple. All right. Um, Let's get into the scene breakdown. Uh, We start off with a stand-up bit about mall directories. (laughs) This is one that I mentally reference a lot in my head. Uh, He's talking about when you go to the mall... Uh, how uh, he's like he's like it's always hard to find the store you want. And he's like sure they have those you know big mall maps and everything, but you never quite know which way you're facing. She's like she's like you know it would be so much more helpful if you know we just had suction cups on our shoes so we can walk up on the map essentially and say okay <laughs> it's down that way. He's like well the only problem though is when you walk around the mall you'll be making this soup 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 like motion uh, uh, sound the whole time and then people will be like oh you know that's that's one of those suction cup guys i heard about him he's never lost that was funny i liked it i I didn't hate it i thought it was silly uh i liked the relatability of you know not knowing how the the map relates to where you are you know directionally the suction cup thing uh, lost me on suction cups (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're it's it's I yeah, like you said, I, I got where he was going with it. I think he was probably just trying to figure out a way to make it funny. Like he had his observation, he just didn't know how to to bring yeah. it home, basically. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, so we see the gang uh, in a parking garage, and Kramer's carrying this big box as air conditioner. Uh, Elaine's got a fish in a plastic bag. They're walking around trying to find Kramer's car. Uh, they're talking about literally just random regular things. Like, I didn't really take the notes, but they're just talking about a whole bunch of different stuff, really. Um, it's, it's Honestly, it's a very relatable situation from the immediate start, uh, where it's obvious that they're just coming back from shopping at the mall, and they're just kind of looking around. They, they cannot find their car immediately and you know we all have that every single person has dealt with this before yeah right out of the gate this episode is absolutely relatable and i want to put it out here at the top of the episode michael richards is carrying an ac unit in that box he is not oh, really yep uh, i on the behind the scenes on this episode actually i have a lot of information for this episode that i'll pepper in throughout this uh, podcast but he is carrying like a 
whatever, 40, you know, 30 pound air conditioning unit, you know, the whole time. And he said he did it during rehearsals because he just wanted to have the exhaustion. He wanted to have just that weight. He needed Hmm. that weight. And that kind of goes back to the revenge episode where uh, he used a real bag of concrete. And that's why it Uh. looks, that's why that scene was so amazing is because he knew that he needed that weight to make all the, the physical comedy work. And in here, especially at the very, very end where he busts his lip putting the the, the machine uh, the air conditioning into the garage at the end of the episode yeah. that is him hitting his lip he actually busted it open on that huh. that take and oh, it was wow. because there's a freaking 40 pound air conditioning unit that he's been carrying around this whole episode that's that's funny that's awesome that, that fits really well with like why his physical humor is so um I mean, it's not realistic because he's Kramer, but it is, it works so well. And I think why you like it so much, because you know, there is, yeah, heft to go into it. You know, it's not just an obvious empty box. He's, yeah, you he's can't do it. You can't fake like boxes being empty. Like you watch people in movies moving boxes. You can just instantly tell the <laughs> way that they move that they're empty. And Michael Richards just knew as a, as a fantastic physical comedian, he just knew he needed the actual weight there. He needed to to for the for his performance and uh, it helps. I mean, it it it's perfect. This this episode's amazing, and part of it's because he's always struggling with that air conditioning unit. Uh, you know what I thought you were going to start that whole conversation off with as um, you know, Michael Richards carries this episode <laughs> uh, to an extent, not really, but because he's he's but anyway, he usually he does a lot of the times, but yeah. Uh, uh, all right, so we find out that Jerry's got to go to the bathroom. Um, got just a couple, you know, just random things are happening throughout this episode. We see a beautiful woman, this redheaded, stunning woman walks by, and he kind of goes to George. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Georgie boy? <laughs> George, he doesn't want to see it. He's he is not doing well with his uh, life in general, but definitely not his love life. Not you know, he has really no career or anything of that right now, uh, and so he's just like, don't don't show me that shit. <laughs> I've, I've honestly, I've never looked at a beautiful woman and been like. Don't show me that beautiful woman. <laughs> I've never felt that bad about myself. Yeah, no, me, me neither, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to enjoy the view no matter what, no matter how terrible my life is. Uh, but yeah, but he knows he's not going to have a shot. So that's kind of why. Meh. So they can't figure out, you know, obviously where the car is. Elaine's worried about her fish. And she's got like this this fish or two fish in like this big plastic bag. No idea why the hell she got fish. <laughs> I, it's, it's almost it's a like she's at a carnival idea. or something. Like, yes. So why did you get fish and carrying them around in a little bit? You don't go to the mall and go to the pet store and just decide to become a fish person, right? Like having a mm-hmm. fish tank is is a, a lot of work. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. It just it felt like that was a little weird thing. Although I, overall, I think it played well for the comedy, especially yeah. when Jerry's like when, when she later on when she was like, hey, are there how are they looking? He's like, well, their eyes are a little bit cloudy. And he was like, oh, wait, that's just your eyes you know they, they do good job uh with that and yeah. real quick uh going back to what you said at the beginning of this this episode it is kind of hard to track this episode because there are no location breaks and mm-hmm. uh if we have to kind of jump back to something we wanted to mention uh, we may have yeah. to do that um because i wanted to talk about how george uh, talks about how he can't carry a pen on him because he's afraid of puncturing his scrotum <laughs> yes it's a funny line you're right it is a very funny line 
but I'm um, not quite sure where it. you're going to get to it in the breakdown because I don't actually you, quite know where he says it. That's- yeah, I don't think I <laughs> mentioned it either. I mean, uh, uh, the word scrotum is just funny. You know, use it in any context, and it's a it's obviously going to be uh, an immediate funny line. <laughs> you're right. I do love the word scrotum. <laughs> or yeah. scrote for short. Scrote. Yeah, scrote. <laughs> so Jerry, you know, he's got to pee, and Kramer's just like, you know, just go in the corner, you know, go somewhere in the garage. And, you know, Jerry's hesitant for me. I wouldn't think twice about it. And I've done this. I've, I've definitely peed in parking garages before you find a corner and you just go because you got to go so bad. Like I have, I mean, we've, I think we've talked about public urination before and it's something I really have no worries about, but it's also because we lived in Los Angeles where the entire town smells like piss already. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I've, I've done plenty of things in parking garages, man. Things that yes. I can't talk about. So yeah, no, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I got no problems peeing, but at the same time they're at a mall and the mall restrooms are super easy to find. They're by the food yeah. court. I don't, well, uh, you know, Jerry. Jerry, Jerry thinks otherwise. Cause he has that whole comment about like, you know, why do they make the, the, the rest, why do they make the restroom so hard to find in this mall? You know, he says something about that, but apparently he can't find them. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe but, that's how it was back in the 90s or something, but they're not yeah. hard to find now. But like you said, I would have no problem being peeing in a corner at all. And I've never seen a security guard in a garage ever in my life. I mean, no. One, you never seen a security guard in a garage. And two, this security guard is all over the place. This yeah. guy, like, he's on top of it. So he must have cameras everywhere because, like, <laughs> we'll get to that. But yeah. it's just, like, it's it's insane how, like, he is all over anybody who does anything in that place. Uh, hey, dude, he so. earns his paycheck. Yeah. Uh, so Kramer's box is too big. You know, it's too heavy for him to carry around. So he sets it by a car um, at the slot Purple 23. Uh, you know, George is worried about being late to this uh, anniversary dinner with his parents. You know, he's everybody's getting worried about stuff. Everyone's got their own thing to really worry about. Other than Jerry, I don't think uh, just pee. Actually, so Jerry's got the pee. Elaine's got the fish and George has the uh, dinner. And then Kramer doesn't really have anything, but he's he's the one who's driving them. Um Let's see. And honestly, I like that we get a reference to George's parents. You know, I know we're not going to get them for till I think next season, but it just it makes me happy just even thinking about Frank and Estelle. <laughs> yes. And, you know, you know, knowing how Frank and Estelle are, you know that George is worried for a reason. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's it's yeah. not he's not just being neurotic. Like he will be emotionally tormented by his parents for this transgression right here. Yeah. And you don't know that like the first time you see the show. So that's why rewatching this series makes it even better because you know them well enough to know that, oh, fuck, you're going to piss off his parents. Then he's yeah, exactly. He's going to hear about it for the rest of his life. And, you know, aside from a few minor bits of weirdness like uh, Jerry having maybe a sister and George maybe having Mm -hmm. a brother these little weird early on inconsistencies aside from those little points here and there they're pretty consistent with how they treat their parents how they or how they refer to their parents even if we haven't actually seen them yet and I I love that so much and like you said it gives repeat viewing so much more enjoyment to it yeah absolutely 
Uh, so we see this mom being particularly harsh, talking about parents being rough with their kids. Uh, we see this one woman being rough with her her one kid, and uh, George kind of confronts her. And we I love that the kid is actually a little brat and just kind of like shoves it in George's face, and it's it's quite funny. Um, I definitely recognized that little kid actor. Yep, me too. For me, I recognized him from uh, Kindergarten Cop. Uh, because I mean, I love everything Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, pretty much, you know, uh, even the made stuff I'm okay with because I love Arnold. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not okay with it. It's terrible, but, but I just, I love can Arnold. I, can I, can I say that I actually had the exact same thought the other day? I was listening to, to a podcast. I think it was like last podcast on the left or something. And they were talking about Arnold and they were talking about the made thing. And, you know, I'm just like making breakfast for my wife in the morning. I got the headphones on and I think to myself, I literally think to myself, Eh, you know, it's not a big deal. Like, not that it's not a big deal, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, I still love him. I still love him. I don't care. You know, He's Come, coming from two married, yeah, coming from yes, two married no. men. It is honeys, honeys. We love you. It is a big deal. It is, it is a big deal. I, yes, you're right. Oh God, I feel like I need to cut this now. <laughs> <laughs> insert foot and mouth okay it is a big deal yeah. but because he's arnold schwarzenegger i give him a pass and i don't care and i still love him just the same that's the point <laughs> exactly and i say the same thing about michael jackson if he kept putting out hits like beat it um people would have been handing him children they wouldn't have even cared about all that <laughs> oh stuff they, it would have it would have been a sacrifice to the mj gods to keep up the pop music but he started slipping and so people started caring Sacrifice the kids to the pop Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there'd be a whole ritual. You know, it'd be on a volcano somewhere. But you know, you would be giving your kids uh, to MJ to to have some whatever. I don't want to know. Maybe something. Maybe nothing. Well, we earned our explicit rating this episode. That's for sure. And and I think you and I. I think our our our, um. I think our listeners know the exact moments now where the two of us have been have damned ourselves to hell, basically, (laughs) right here and right now. So okay. true. Okay, Shia, please love us. <laughs> please continue yeah. to love us. <laughs> yeah, she she does. She <laughs> she knows my kind of humor by now. So that your wife is a saint, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Jerry does decide. Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> I don't there. even know uh, where we are on this episode. Yeah, right I, I I found it. Uh, so Elaine's. You know, she's trying to ask people to you know drive them around the garage. No one's willing to help. Um, Jerry, you know, ultimately decides to pee in the kind of corner of the garage, but he gets caught by this amazing security guard. Never, as you mentioned, never seen a security guard in a, in a mall parking garage or most any parking garages, maybe a handful. Um, I do like that he tries to talk his way out of it. You know, he's being very serious about his, the, everything that he, uh, you know, is just trying to, trying to give this guy every different excuse that he can. I think it's quite actually pretty damn funny. Um, I mean, I love that. It's probably one of my favorite lines. Maybe, maybe the scrotum line is is possibly the best line in the in the show. But I actually really love, uh, you know, when he talks about his condition and that he might get uromycetosis and die. That's why. Yeah. That's why he has to pee. And it's just his. It's really his delivery. I think more than anything else. And, and uromycetosis being a complete <laughs> bullshit disease is great. 
and that's one that's something that that sticks around i think in the mm-hmm. the, the fans of seinfeld in the lexicon like people you say you're on mycetysis and people know like what you're talking about and they'll know what episode you're talking about too yeah if they're Seinfeld fans, of course. Um, if they're Seinfeld fans. And going back real quick to really early in the episode, I just got to say, because I'm looking at my notes, I loved when the first time Kramer thought he saw his car, I love the way George ran with his like back sort of like stick straight. Did you mm. notice that? Mm-hmm. Just like oh, a I didn't. really I did. goofy run. It was, <laughs> if you, when you watch the episode again, you know, yeah. inevitably uh, look for that. It's a, it's a real silly run that he has. Okay. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> um, so, you know, Jerry's been detained Wait, and wait, we cut. Real, sorry, sorry. You got uh, more. I want to just cut in real quick before Jerry gets detained. Also, too, uh-huh. um, one of the guys that Elaine's, Elaine talks to, the one with the beard and the Star Trek shirt, uh, I'm sorry, the Star Trek baseball cap on, that is Larry Charles. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, oh, I feel the like I should writer. have recognized him. Yep. You know, yeah, I mean, he's not as, as big, obviously, as Larry David, but I still know what he looks like. Yeah, yeah. That was, I just didn't, that was didn't him. He's it. the one that he doesn't even, he's the one that ignores her. Like when she's like, what? Yeah. you know, you're ignoring me, whatever. I didn't know. I forgot where that was, but I just wanted to throw that out there. That's Larry Charles. Okay. No. Great, great bit of trivial knowledge. Uh, so he's detained. You know, he's talking about his uromycetosis. We cut to the gang yelling for Jerry. Um, and I will say every single time this cut happens, I even, even though I've, so, I've seen this episode a hundred times, I always feel... Oh, wait, they found the car and they're waiting for Jerry because they're standing right beside a fucking big brown car. And so I'm just like... Oh, now okay, totally it makes sense now that they can't get Jerry. Uh, they're standing by a car, but but it's actually not him, not Kramer's car. They keep walking. That's just a little bit of a side note. I don't know why I always think of it, but every time, it's just the way that cut is with them yelling for Jerry right as he's out of reach and them being by a car that is brown. It just, I always be think to myself, oh, they made it to the car, but then it's not, never the case. We are 100% synced up on this one when I was watching mm-hmm. it today. And like you, I know that they didn't find the car, but right away I was like, oh, they found the car. This is when they're waiting for yep. Jerry. And you're like, yeah, it's not the car. They should have just had a different color. They should have used yeah. another car, but I'm 100% with you. I'm always fooled by that little scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just just one of those things. Uh, so we cut back to Jerry. He's still trying to get out of it. Uh, he's using you know George's parents' anniversary dinner story. Um, you know he adds he adds a funny little thing of his father of that father is in a red Chinese prison, uh, and that's why you know he needs to get out so we can go see him. Uh, we also see that George now has to go to the bathroom, and so he pees. He also gets caught, which I find interesting because the guard was just with Jerry, <laughs> yeah. but then like, in a split instant, he is out there catching uh, George. So he must have like cameras everywhere. Is my only guess is that he's got cameras and he's watching them, and he saw George, you know, getting ready to pee, and he just bolted out and got him. Um, so that's that's what makes sense to me. Uh, and now, but you see when George kind of comes into that detainee room, he's talking about his anniversary, which we know Jerry just mentioned it. Uh, and it's all, it's just, it's, it's funny because, you know, he can't use that damn line. Yeah. It, well, it's funny too, because by using it, he gave up both of them. And that's when the guard yes. looks at Jerry, he's like, Oh, you got anniversary <laughs> too. And then George looks over at yeah. Jerry. But I love the fact that once they see each other, they don't care about being in trouble. They're like, ah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's True. like, ah, well, at least we're in trouble together. Yep. Uh, and we get a short, very short little stand-up bit about parking garages. Yeah, actually, kind of like this one. Although I, I gotta forewarn everyone, it's much more of a visual gag that he does. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
basically he says, uh, you know you're lost. Or he's like, you know you're with someone that's lost when they all of a sudden they stop, you know, and do that like sort of look around yeah. and then look behind them. And he's like, that's when you know it's pretty much over. <laughs> and he's like, you don't ever see like air uh, pilots do that. You don't see them like all of a sudden look look back down the, you know, out the, the door or whatever. And I was like, okay. And that's how it sort of ended. And I was like, again, I liked his observation. I that that is funny. We all know that you know you have to worry when the person all of a sudden you know stops mid walk and then like looks around, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, okay, we get it. But then again, he has a hard time pulling the joke in. I feel like both of them have the same problems. The first joke and this one, he he knows what he's trying to say, and I know that there's a joke there, but what he swings with doesn't quite you know really land at the end. But it's not terrible. It's not the worst thing ever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, Jerry and George are, you know, walking back to the garage area. They have, like, tickets with them, uh, so, you know, so they got cited for it, and they're walking around. They uh, see this car that's just absolutely horribly parked, and George wants to spit on it. He wants to... <laughs> <laughs> don't know why he gets the urge to spit on it. Uh, and I like, I really do like Jerry's response. She's like, I'd like to see you do that. You know, he's just <laughs> well, this being, is a classic like, time where yeah. Jerry eggs on George. And I love mm-hmm. when Jerry eggs on George because, you know, George is like mentally building himself up. He's like, this is, this is, you know, isn't this against the law? And Jerry's like, well, if it's not, it should be. Like he just has the right thing to say to kind of keep mm-hmm. George just revving up and <laughs> yeah. revving up. And I love it because he's got that yeah. devil may care attitude. And, you know, Jerry just wants to see what the hell's going to happen. <laughs> you he know, does. he loves he loves to see, you know, all of his friends get riled up, whatever it is. And so, yeah, he, he'll just he'll keep them motivated yeah. <laughs> with whatever that is. Yeah. But by the way, who parks their their Mercedes a like an asshole and then leaves yeah. their top down for anyone to just do anything yeah. to it? Yeah. Idiotic. But he comes back right in time as George is about to spit on it. Uh, and then George you know, kind of has to smooth his way out of it. Um, doesn't really work. But. Uh, they kind of bump right into Elaine right after that. Um, you know, she's still trying to get people to help her drive around. She tries to coax these muscly guys. They turn her down. Uh, but it's kind of funny. She's just, you know, blasts them, uh, kind of, you know, talking about how stupid, you know, muscle head kind of bimbo that bimbos they are, um, which, you know, we have no idea if they really are or not and george is kind of you know he kind of gets worried and is just like yeah let's just turn and walk away because george would not be any good in a fight no not against those guys at all i mean mm. i wouldn't be again in a fight with those no. guys at all <laughs> no they're they're tall uh fairly muscly but tall yeah uh all right then uh we get also this very heavy exhaust car that drives by um it's just their call you know just this you know just stuff that we've all different all these different little things that has happened to all of us in a different parking garage or different parts in our life happens to all of them in this one episode to make it all super relatable. And then they also, then they see that hot girl, the very hot girl again. Uh, she's back. And, you know, Jerry's like, hey, you know, now we need her. You were looking for an opening to talk to her or you were too scared to have an opening. Now we need her to drive us around. And she is happy to do it. She is super excited. She's such a sweet person, and she's even, like, feeling George right now. Yeah, she's vibing on George, and my note, my only note was that chick would not be into George at all. No, 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 no. Uh, and then we get a little sped-up footage of them, you know, driving and stopping almost immediately uh, and, you know, them getting kicked out. Apparently, George said something about Scientology. I don't know how that came up. And she's a Scientologist. Uh, and apparently pissed her off. Like, we don't hear. We just hear the aftermath yeah. of it. Um, and 
they just happen to get kicked out right at the exact spot that the car is. Oh, how perfect. And there's no Kramer. <laughs> yes, the and, but they're sans Kramer, unfortunately. Yep. So we kind of do a cross dissolve. Uh, you know, obviously some more time has passed. Kramer walks up. He forgot. His whole story is he forgot where he put the air conditioner that he dropped off earlier. Um, and now it's gotten too late for dinner and Elaine's fish. Uh, curious where they are. They are gone. They don't even want to talk about it. So they're dead. We're assuming that those fish are dead. And I do like that, you know, he's like, huh, I couldn't remember where the air conditioner was. Do you guys, you know, I looked everywhere for it. And they're like, purple 23. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he's like, oh, man. George completely, that. like, defeated. Just like, and, yep. it's, and it's so relatable because now you're so late that you don't care anymore. There's no more yeah. fear. So you're just yeah. totally, like, George is like, yeah, yeah, purple, purple 23. And he's like, oh, Kramer's like, yeah, someone should have wrote that down. George's like, yeah. You know, like, George didn't even get mad about it. He's like, yeah, you probably should have just written that down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then as they're about to get ready to go in perfect culmination of this being the most ridiculous uh, story of searching for your car in a parking garage, the car won't start and it's just kind of cranking and it won't actually turn over. And the f- great thing about that is that's not how this, the episode was supposed to end. The episode was supposed to end with them driving away. But if you can see in the backseat of the car, you will see Jason Alexander and Julie Louise Dreyfus laughing because the car not turning over was just a bullshit thing that happened on set. By Like it was supposed to turn over. And everyone remarks, they all remark huh. that like, it was this is our ending this is perfect because they're like this couldn't be any more perfect because at this point they were all giddy they were all silly like it was a this was a big shoot for them apparently it was uh they all talked about how like sort of how long this episode took to to shoot and how how exhausted they were at the end of it and um basically they were like oh my god i can't believe this is happening but they're like they all realized oh my god this is just too perfect but this is yeah. This is the scene where Kramer uh, Michael Richards busts his lip. You can see it like when he mm-hmm. puts the 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 box in there. It just the weight just pulls him forward, and he kind of just hits his face yeah. off of that. Uh, and so that that really happened. Um, and since we're at the end of the episode, I'll just give you fill in the rest of the tidbits. Uh, when yeah. Larry David wrote this episode, he didn't consider how they were going to shoot it. So they originally they thought about looking for a garage that they could, um, you know, basically shoot in for a few a uh, few days, like a week or so. But they'd mm-hmm. have to take it over for like probably a week and a half, you know, to build it up. And it was so expensive that they they made the you know, equally costly decision, but probably less costly, they actually had to strike the permanent sets, meaning Jerry's apartment and Monk's diner. So they struck <laughs> they struck the permanent sets and built that garage inside the studio. Uh, if oh. So all the pillars, all the pillars and all the sort of the half wall thingies, those are movable. They can be slid around mm-hmm. and moved. They just spin them around different colors. It's all the same exact location. They just move the cars around. They use the same like 10 cars and just shuffled them around and then moved the set around and bada bing bada boom that's your set but the the i think what took it so long was it just took days and days to film this and they all talked about how exhausted they were because i think in in a lot of episodes they're sitting in this episode they are all actors are standing the entire time so they all talked about how just exhausted they were after this episode they're also walking around so i do find that i mean it's so 
with all of them kind of walking around the parking garage as well as the camera has a lot more movement to it because it's kind of tracking with them as they're going, things like that. So there's more chances for things to fuck up uh, with each take as opposed to, you know, set cameras just kind of looking at your different angles and then everybody kind of being fairly um, still uh, with, with with their motion. So I think all of that makes a lot of sense as to why the production would be a lot crazier. Yeah, because so, yeah, uh, they had yeah. to have yeah camera guys were on dollies. They were they were moving mm-hmm. around and stuff. There was a lot more yep. movement. Uh, and, and, but I always, I mean, great set design because I always thought that that was just a real parking garage that they just, you know, rented or whatever. But that's a fantastic uh, set design. But I got to say, we did skip over real quick the, the final mm-hmm. stand-up, but it ties into what we're talking about. I was about to get there, sir. About yeah. just about to say it. Because you went on your tirade of other stuff. I was about to be like, but we end with a stand-up bit. Yeah. But you had to just blame me for I didn't get there. But you're <laughs> the one who kept talking, motherfucker. <laughs> I do that. I do that. But uh, he talks about, in the final stand-up, he talks about the problem with mall garages is that everything looks the same. He's like, they've tried to put up numbers and colors, but they need to, like, they should name the levels. And then, of course, he goes, they should name the level, your mother's a whore. He's like, people would remember that. Oh, yeah, I'm on my, my mother's a whore level. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that was a good one. That was a, that was a stronger finish than the first two uh, stand-ups. Yeah, it was okay. All right. So uh, we got our general discussion of the episode. I'll go first. I'll let you, I'll let you end it. How about that? I can tell you're excited about this episode. Um, so... To me, this is definitely another one of like the classic not happening in the apartment episodes, you know, basically uh, like all happening in one location kind of episode as well for the majority of it. Um, In my opinion, unlike the Chinese restaurant, I don't feel that the writing in this one is nearly as strong. The writing and how things kind of all came together in the Chinese restaurant was much better. Um... I also feel that the side characters were so much stronger in the Chinese restaurant. Obviously, you've got James Hong, who's one of the best side characters, um, maybe in all of Seinfeld. Uh, but even even the other ones, like that guy from the, from the restaurant who kind of came in, uh, uh, Mr. Burton or whatever. I can't remember his name, the guy who's, who's always there. Um, but just like there's other, other people around or like the people who are at the phone. I found them funnier than like the other people that interacted in this episode. I I don't want to use the word hate, and I don't want to use the word loathe, but I don't care for this episode. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's that good of an episode. You know, I mean, it's it's got its moments. Um, yeah, there's the, the Euromycetysis line is funny. Kramer's physical humor is pretty good. But overall, it's a weak episode. It's like they went back and thought, wow, what was our best episode from season two, The Chinese Restaurant? Let's try and remake that but really not recreate any of the magic of that episode. And that's why I feel it's not as strong an episode. And for me, it flopped. Yeah. So in my opinion, it's, I give it two out of five Brown Fords, only two. (laughs) It's just not, not that good. I got to say nothing you said is, I I can't disagree with anything you said. I I do kind of feel like they tried to make this the Chinese food restaurant of this season. Uh, And they tried too hard. They tried like, it's like they forced it. Yeah. And, and, it didn't quite land in some parts, I think, the way that they intended it, but I felt like it was a pretty strong episode overall. I enjoyed their interactions. I enjoyed that everyone sort of had something to do. I enjoyed Kramer's physical comedy, and I, I but I agree with you, like, 
I really only enjoyed the main characters. It, the people around them were not memorable. Like their little interactions, maybe save for the kid. The kid was probably the best interaction, yeah. but none of the other interactions were as quite as good as as other side character interactions could be. But I think it's the the fact that a lot of it's relatable. I think the fact that like. I don't know. I, I enjoy the silliness to it. I enjoy sort of the – I enjoy Jerry kind of like the way he sort of like, you know, eggs people on here and there. I don't know. I, I dug it, but I didn't love it. I didn't – and it's not one of my favorites, but it's definitely definitely enjoyable. I really, really do like it though. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is fair enough. <laughs> yeah, it is fair enough. And honestly, this was one of our quicker reviews that we've done, just looking at how long we've recorded. But part of that is there's just not much moving the episode along. It's just kind of like, you know, there's not big plot storylines. It's just like, okay, here's some lines that they say, and then the next thing. Um, you it's know, all, it, yeah, this one's all conversation and like like yeah. vocal-driven, you know. It's it's all one-on-one interaction sort of driven. And mm-hmm. I'm with you, dude. My, my notes on this one were only a page and a half. Uh, usually I take about a two and a half pages. So, yeah, I knew we were going to go short on this one because it's, there's like you said, there's not much to say, although I, I like the episode. I like what happens, but there's not, like, much to comment on, and it's hard to track because there's no breakup in, in, the, in where the, the yeah. locations. So, I, yeah. yeah I agree yeah it was a little bit of a it's an it's a it's a hard one to podcast about i thought yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) definitely but hopefully we did good enough uh and hopefully people you know like the way we podcast enough that they'll listen to some other things that we do um like uh myself i uh do a podcast called the blast from our past podcast with my brother where we do all things nostalgic uh we're talking movies tv shows etc etc um all part of the blast from our past network and you'll hear our man Corey on there every now and then he should have a episode coming up in the next uh, couple weeks uh for us as well so uh anyway that's what i do you can check us out on blast Pass cast on instagram and facebook and whatever and i think that's it for us so anyway what about you my man Corey? where can they find you out here in the world yes sir you can find me on the blast from our past network uh i am on podcasting after dark with our pal zach and this month for october we are doing return of the living deads part one and two all months and kind of culminating in with a rev- uh, an interview with Tom Matthews from Return of the Living Dead Part 1 and 2 for the page, uh, Patreon exclusive uh, for Podcasting After Dark. So really excited about that. It's, uh, it's a podcast all about cult horror movies from the 80s and early 90s, stuff like that. And on the Blast From Our Past Network, you can also hear our pals, the Friday Five podcast. They do uh, a bunch of retro stuff there every other week as well. And uh, yeah, man, we're growing. And you can also hear me on last month's uh, Blast From Our Past Patreon exclusive trivia show. Mm-hmm. Me and Adam went head to head. I won't tell you who won, but it gets <laughs> ugly. <laughs> it doesn't. We actually had a lot of fun. It doesn't get ugly. No. Yeah, no. What about your uh, your other podcast? You want to promote that one at all? It's a pretty damn good one from what I've heard. Oh, yeah. Thanks, buddy. Um, we have uh, mm-hmm. I have one uh, that's all dedicated towards comic books. It's called Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast with my pal Tess. And uh, every week we kind of review a different trade. We, we go like a total trade. So like one week we'll do like Hellboy Volume 1. Then another week we'll do like, you know, something. But like we'll do a full trade. And, uh, you know, I've been reading comic books pretty much my entire life. And she's kind of new to them. So we have two different points of view and two different perspectives on it. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So if you guys 
guys want to check that out, every podcast we just mentioned can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, the usual. And if you guys could rate us, Cartwright and Blast from Our Past, all the ones I mentioned, if you guys get a chance and you rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, that goes a long way for us finding new listeners. And of course, share us with your friend. Be like, hey, you like Seinfeld? Yeah, check this out. Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Or, hey, you like retro movies? Check this out. Blast from our past. Do you like horror movies? Podcast after dark. Bada bing, bada boom. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. You don't need you don't need to give them like any birthday presents or no. Christmas presents. Give them a little card that says all these different podcasts <laughs> that they should be listening to. And that is present enough. All, all the gift that they could ever need. Dude, I want actually <laughs> I want to make a card that people can just buy, like, off the internet, like, for us, and it just, it has everything right there, and be like, here you go, and they're like, wait a minute, is this, like, a gift card? No, no, it's just, here's a bunch of podcasts that you are going to enjoy, and have fun. <laughs> Happy birthday. There you go. That's it. Perfect. All right, well, hey, and uh, speaking of memorable characters, next episode, Babu Bot, and we will see you guys next week. everybody i'm Corey, and i'm zach and we're the hosts of podcasting after dark a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s often found on hbo and cinemax you know the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid you can find us every other week on apple podcasts spotify podbean and stitcher this is what you want this is what you get